Amen. Do we think that it is a right or a privilege to be here this morning? Okay. Who, who, who think it is a right that we should be here this morning? Raise your hand. It's a right. One Bill says, it's a right. I'm going to give him a pathway. The only right that we have is to thank God for what he's done for us this week. And coming to worship should be a privilege that God has granted unto us to say thank you for watching over me through this week and brought me here safe. And if God was to show up this morning, What do you think he would say about me? Just ask yourself. What would God say? And that's what I was sitting there thinking as we were singing. Would God say about me that I am elated to come and thank him? Or would God say about me, it's a formality that I come? In Acts 7 and 20, the Bible says, the first day of the week, the disciples come together. Is that a right or is that a privilege? Is that an honor to say to God, this is your day. I'm going to give you all I got today. Just for today. Not six days. Just today. I'm going to sing with the spirit. I'm going to sing with the understanding. I'm going to give you thanks in my prayer. I'm going to study your word. And above all, I want to just say thank you, God, for being you. Hmm? All right. Is, do we think he... Deserve just that. Just for a little while. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one in here that he done something for well, this week. Maybe, I, I, you know, because 
there are some folks who would love to just be where you sitting this morning, but just don't have the opportunity to, to be here. And when we don't take advantage of it, it's God right that he does not give those things to me. Let me, I hated peas and carrots. <laughs> Didn't like them, Tammy. When my grandmother used to put it on the plate, we would fold it up in a napkin and throw it in the garbage can. And then I left school home and went to college in Ohio. And many nights I sat in the dorm, just prayed for a can of peas and carrots. My best fruit, vegetable, Brother Thomas, is peas and carrots. The things that I took, didn't take advantage of when I'm home. You know all the time when you looked at mom and said she cooked that, you, you want some of that now in West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> See, these are the things that, that, that goes in life that we, do, we take, we don't think about until we don't have it no more. Now, none of this was in the lesson. I'm just getting to the lesson. But right. before I get to the lesson, I got to get us ready for the lesson. All right. And so when we God give us and grant us the opportunity to come and say, thank you, God. When we get to the shout verse, we need to shout. All right. Amen. Amen. When we get to the shout song, we need to shout. When it's time to say amen, we need to say amen. amen. Let us not make it think that God owe us because we showed up this morning. Yeah. He don't. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Brother Bill. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter number two. First Timothy chapter two. Oh, I got to, I need to say something before I go there. How many folks registered this week for the lectureship who didn't register last week? Lord have mercy. Nobody raised their hand. How many folks going to the lectureship? Okay. And the rest of you just out of town. All right. I was listening the other day to a story on um, one of the, the channels and 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 they were saying that 
this area, whatever the area was, they was lacking some of the things that other areas had. And so they went to the, I guess, the delegate of that area and, and, and said to him that, why we don't have these things? And I'd like for you to take this back to the governor and let the governor know that we need some of these things. And he came back, and the governor said that they would, the state will give 75% of the cost of the things that they needed. And the community has to come up with 25% of the cost of the things that they needed. And the community reply was, that's why we pay taxes. Fair statement? Maybe. But if it's something that I really need, and all I got to do is get pay 25% for it, why not pay the 25% and get it if it's something that we really need, you know? And so I was listening to that, and then I, was, then I thought about the church of Christ, the church that we can read about in the Bible, the church that God sent his son to die for, the church that he adds us to it. And I say to myself, how come denominationalism sees some things that we don't see? Ask me, what is it? Say, what does denominational see that we don't see? Denominationals, uh, 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 denominationals see the need for our next generation okay. that we don't see. How many of our kids been to a youth rally in the last 10 years in this area? How many of us know that there is a youth rally in this area? How many of us been to the lectureship in the last 10 years? How many of us know whether there is a lectureship? If we do not lay a foundation for our children. Okay. Don't expect nobody else to do it. 
we worry about our kids when they go off to college and we now Facebook is out. We say, I can't believe that's my son doing those things. Because we locked them down when they were home. We gave them nothing except church on Sunday, sometime Wednesday. They can't wait to leave so they can be free. What better way to be free than in Christ? To let our kids know you can have a life and love Christ at the same time. I, I think I would, I'd better get to the lesson. We ready to read? Second, first Timothy chapter number two. Verse one. Let us read. I exalt, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is the good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Focus in our attention on verse number five. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Now watch what the text doesn't say. The text does not say there is but one God and one mediator between God and man, Christ Jesus. Okay. The text doesn't say that. Right? Let's look at the text. There is one God and one mediator between God and man. What does it say? The man. Christ Jesus. See, when Paul writes this letter to Timothy, he doesn't, he wanted Timothy to understand that Jesus Christ is the man. I, I know if you're in the basketball this time of year, you, you think LeBron James is, is the man. Seth Curry is the man. you in the college basketball, you think North Carolina got the man. Or you think Barack Obama is the man. Or Donald, no, no, no. Paul says, that Jesus Christ 
is the man. And when you look at the text, have you ever wondered why he put it in there that Jesus Christ is the man? Because, see, sometimes we fail to think of Jesus Christ as being a man. We look at him as being divine, which he is. But in all of his divinity, he is still 100% man. Now, before I sit down, you're going to see why is that important. Because, see, when you go through life, we all, a person can never understand you if they have never been through what you're going through. I, I, I hear women say all the time, Troy, that childbirth is the worst pain that they have ever had. I got to take what they say, Brother Wormley. I've, I've had a toothache. I've had chest pain. I've had a sprained ankle and all of that. But I don't know nothing about childbirth. I can't understand when they talk about the pain that goes through childbirth. My wife said, you've never, you can't even imagine it. You're right, honey. I don't know. So I can never understand that if I have never been through that. But when it comes to Jesus and Jesus being um, the man, we can't tell Jesus because he's already been through it. He have already went through the trials and the tribulation that we go through. So when Paul says that Jesus Christ is the mediator between man and God. I can't think of a better person. Someone who knows me and knows God. Someone who's God and man all at the same time. So when Jesus was born and lived a perfect life, died on a Friday, was buried and then got up on Sunday morning. The Bible says he descended back into heaven and, 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 and went back to God. And in Luke 16 and 19, he says, now he sits down at the right hand of God. And what is he doing? He's mediating. Can you imagine how many times this morning that he has leaned over to God and asked God to forgive us for the stuff that we've done since we got up this morning until now? See, because, see, we... Uh, I, as mighty and almighty as God is, God does not 
understand sin. I, I said something, Troy. I, when I get to these shout verse, y'all need to shout. God does not understand sin because the Bible teaches where sin is. God cannot be. But now Jesus, he understands sin. Although he did no sin, he understands the, the purity and the fragrant, the fragrancy of our sin. Now what? Okay. He understands that you and I cannot be without sin. So now, what is he doing? He's mediating to God on our behalf. Now, what is he telling God? You know, last week Larry prayed that he would not do this no more. Before I got the prayer, he did it again. Do not hold that to his charge. See, a mediator is one who goes between. A mediator is a person that orchestrates conversation between two people. A go-between. But what Paul is talking about here is not just the media. This goes more in depth. Okay. In other words, Jesus Christ understand what we go through. He knows our trials and he knows our tribulation because he was 100% man. So when he sits at the right hand of God, I don't need an angel there. I need someone who been traveled this road, knows what I go through, understand how weak I am in the flesh and can ask God to forgive me in spite of me. It's not an honor. It's not an honor that Jesus Christ came and died for us. It, it's, a, it, 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 it's not our right to show up on Sunday morning. It's a privilege that when we come on Sunday, at least we can take 45 minutes and say, thank you, God, for all you have done for me. Today. And then, above all of that, God wants to save us. This is what Paul said to Timothy. It's not in God's will that any man should perish. I, I really come to the conclusion that if anybody go to hell, they got to want to go to hell. You, you're not, you're not going to just 
See, you know, we said heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. I'm telling you, hell is a prepared place for prepared people. You're not going to just stumble into hell. You go to hell, you planning on going to hell. Just like you will not just stumble into heaven. If you see me in heaven, you're supposed to be there because you planning to go to heaven. Okay. One of the greatest things that mankind has for them is the relationship between Jesus Christ and the Father. All right. All right. Let me help you. When you pray, how many times that we pray for something, and before we end up out finishing our prayer, we don't want that? I'm just going to bring us back. How many times have we started the prayer and can't get through the whole prayer before another thought is in our mind? How many times that we go our whole day and don't even pray? All right. Come on, bro. Come on. We sit there and you know what we do? We pray to God for a job, Troy. Well, this is the job that I really want. And in two weeks on the job, we wonder why we there. We pray to, go to get in a college, a good school, and we go there and we take two years finding ourselves. So what, what, is, what, is, what should God do when we pray? Should God answer our prayer? Or should God even listen to our prayer? Thank God there's a buffer between us and God. Paul calls it a mediator. Christ Jesus. Because can you imagine when our prayer get to God and we asking God for stuff and God look at us like we crazy? Isn't it a blessing that Jesus has cleaned up our prayer? That when it gets to God, it makes some sense? Hmm. In Luke chapter 22, in Luke chapter 22, in verse 31 and 32, the Bible says, you, you remember what Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Satan desired to have you that he might sift you like wheat. If you don't know what sifting is, Google it. And they'll tell you. But watch what Jesus said. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you. Isn't that a blessing this morning that Jesus is praying for us? Well, let me say, it's a blessing that Jesus is praying for me. 
I don't have to worry, Troy, whether that prayer is going to get through. I know if Jesus is praying for me, my, that prayer is going to go to God. Now, if one of you all pray for me, if I pray for myself, Sister Stephen, I got to worry whether that's going to get through. The Bible said the affectionate, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. I don't, that's not for Jesus because he's righteous. But now that Jesus is praying for me and Jesus is praying for you, have you ever wondered what is he praying for me? What is he saying when Jesus is praying for me? The gospel according to John Troy. What is Jesus saying? to God when he's praying for me. I often wonder if he is asking God what I need God to do for me. I, I, I often wonder, is he telling God my trials and my tribulations? Have you ever thought to wonder what Jesus is asking God for you? How do I get into this relationship with God that I need to have? In John 17 and verse number 5, Troy, what's what the Bible says? Go now, and now, O oh Father. Uh-huh. Glorify thou me with yes. thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now, now watch, watch how, uh, watch how Jesus intercede. He doesn't start with us. He starts with the relationship mm -hmm. that he had well. with God. He said, I, I want you to remember, glorify me with thine own self. With the glory. With the glory which I had. that I had with you. Uh -huh. Before the world was. Before the world was. Amen. Before we made Larry and all of his mess. Well. Remember the relationship that you and I had before the world began. In other words, Father, in case you forget, just remember how we were. Yes, sir. Before I came to be a man. Glory means sanctified. Sanctify thyself. What verse 6 say, Troy? I have. I have what? Manifested I thy name. I have manifested. Go manifested. Yeah, thy name unto the men. Listen. I have manifest your name to the men that you gave me. That's right. There is no doubt who you are 
and what I have told them about you, those men that you gave me. So the first thing that Jesus prays for us, that we may be manifest, God may be manifested in us. What, what, verse 15, Troy. I pray not uh -huh. that thou shouldest take them out of the world, yes. but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Now, now, now watch what God, now watch the second thing that Christ prayed for when he prayed for us. He said to God, don't take them out of the world, but keep them away from this evil world. We live in an evil world. We come upon evil people. Sometimes we are the most evil person that we run a call. Cross. So what Jesus is praying for, see now watch, he didn't ask for a car. He didn't ask for a better job. He didn't ask for a house. He said, Father, keep them away from evil. How would you like to go through a day without running into an evil person <laughs> or better yet how would you like to go through a day and you not being an evil person you know because see it, it, and, and a lot of time it's the person that we deal with more as close as we are find out to be the most evil person that we run across. How can a Christian be the most evil person on the job? Good morning. What's so good about it? Let me just tell y'all right now. I ain't in it for the today now. But you just asked me to come to worship with you last Sunday. And you show up. Not today. I'm not into that today. I don't want no. I'm, I'm, I'm letting everybody know before y'all get your coffee. I'm not having that today. You are the person that Jesus is praying for. That you will not be so evil. And, and, and what Jesus is asking us to do is to just be all we can be. Verse 15, Troy. I pray not uh -huh. that thou shouldest take them out of the world, yes, sir. but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Yes, God want to keep us from they, the evil. Now go down to 17. 17, 17 yeah. yeah. Sanctify them uh -huh. through thy truth. Yes. Thy word is truth. Now, now watch what Jesus says for us. After he prays for our evil he says sanctified and, and that word in the contents mean set apart set apart the Christians from everybody else that they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis when a person see us 
who do not know us. They should all, you know, there's something about that guy. He doesn't sit around at the water faucet and talk about all of these. Something different about him. Something different about her. When everybody else is stealing all of the papers and ink pen, he never take nothing. Mama. What's wrong with him? Set apart. Jesus is praying that we are set apart from the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. You know, there's something different about that person. She got some aboveness about her. You remember what Paul said in the letter that he wrote to, to the church at Colossae? He said, set your affection on things above. See, sometimes we, we fly so low that nobody could tell us apart from anybody else. Every now and then, as a Christian, we need to change our trajectory. We got to have some above, a little aboveness. Oh, no. And you know what they say? Look at them. They think they so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm a child of God. I got to have a little aboveness. I can't be like everybody else. If we're like everybody else, then we're not doing what Jesus prayed for. He prayed that God would set us aside. Set us apart from everybody else. And and, and so many times, we fight that more than anything else. We don't want to be different. We want to be the same. I don't want to stand out. I just want to fit in. Fit into what? What are we trying to fit in? I just want to be a part of the world. How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm just barely making it. I don't know one thing, one day from the next day. But you invited me to come to your church? And you just barely making it? Well, Brother Frazier, you act like we don't have no problems. No, I didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said we got problems. We're going to have problems, but the problem cannot be our main focus. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. The problem that we got is that we don't know what to do with our problems. If we take it to God, he'll take care of all of the problems. I'm talking about a God who said he cannot lie. And then, and, and, and so, so Jesus is praying in, in, in verse 21, Joy, 17, 21. That they all may be one. 
Now, watch what Jesus, watch how Jesus is saying. As thou, Father, art in me. Jesus is, is praying that we all may be one. Over at Central, they should preach the same thing that we preach over here. All right. In New Mexico, they should preach the same thing that we preach here. That we all may be one. Somebody step up in your face. You say, I'm going to take this hand, and I'm going to hit you. And they look at you with your five little skinny fingers. They ain't worrying about you hurting them. How are you going to hurt them with these five fingers? But when you take these five fingers and you ball them up, you can blow a pack. That's the same idea with the church. If every congregation is like this, we ain't going nowhere. Got no, we got no power. But when we ball them up together, with a little effort behind it, it's amazing what we can do. We could have some of the greatest program that our kids would ever need right in the Church of Christ. But we got this mentality that everything should be free. Nobody said amen, Troy. I don't want to pay for nothing. But let Beyonce show up. It's $130. I'm going to see. She may never come back. Oh, oh sorry, Troy. $280. But to put $20 more so our kids could have a summer camp with other Christians, I ain't doing that. Why should I do that? That's what the church is supposed to do. The church relies on our support. We pay for everything except something to lift us up spiritually. We want our kids to go to the finest circular schools money can buy. And now the high schools are more expensive than the colleges. I was sending my kids to Gilman, they talk about, we'll give you 20% when the third one get here. How can I pay $28,000 for them to go to high school? But we do it. Yeah, Bryn Mawr. Mount Carmel, I know all of them high-costing schools. And then we get in there, and our kids, they don't fit in. You go into this school because I say so. But when it comes to the church, we got our, our young adult program. It's $70. We ain't paying that. 
But watch what Jesus prayed. Jesus said that we all may be one. Yes. And, and, and so many times in, in, in our effort to try to fight against authority, we just don't do it. In John chapter 4, starting at verse number 3, all the way up to well, that whole chapter, Jesus is having this conversation with this woman at the well. And, and he begins to tell her all of this stuff. He said, go get your husband. And she said, I ain't got no husband. He said, well, you know you had four of them. And yeah. one that you're with is not there. And, and he's talked to her about living water. And, and, then, and, and then he told her, that God is spirit, and they that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. And then we get down to verse number 29. And the, the woman went to the well in 28. She left her water pot. She left. She went to the well to get some water. But after the conversation with Jesus, 29 she, 28, she left the water pot and she went into the city and said to the men. She didn't say nothing to the woman. I, I could stay right there for a long time and talk, but I ain't going to do that this morning. That's another. She had some relationship. All, all I'm doing is reading the text. And then in there, she, she went. And, and, and she said Come to the man. man, she didn't say nothing to the woman because she, you know, she was more friendly with the man. So she went to the man and she said, come see a man. In other words, let me show you a real man. Yeah. Come and see a man who told me all things, all things that, that I, I have did. ever done. Is not just the Christ. See, if you want to see a man, don't look at Brother Frazier. Because he's going to let you down every time. Even when he got good intention. He's going to let you down. But if you want uh, to see, if you want a real man, the lady said, come and see. Um, come and see. Jesus. He, he just told me some things. I, I, have, I have never, ever, ever thought Somebody else would tell me, I, I need uh, John 7, Troy. John 7 and 46 when you get there. Come and see a man. He got to be the Messiah. Because all that stuff I did in the dark, he brought it to the light. In John 7 and 46, 
What, what's, what's what the Bible say? The officers answered. Yes, sir. Never man spake like this man. L listen. Never have I ever seen a man that spoke like him. I, I, I don't mean that's... See, there's two standards in the world that we need to be careful of. You got a woman that sleep with six men. Mm -hmm. They call her one thing. You got a guy that sleeps with seven women. He the man. See, y'all, why y'all make this so hard? Y'all should say, thank you, Sister Watson, for saying amen. At least you listening to what I'm saying. Amen. If you got a son and a daughter, and your daughter is sleeping with seven men, they're calling her one thing. Your son come home and say, Dad, I got nine of them. Boy, come here, let me up. No. But see, that's not the man that this woman was talking about. She said, come and see a man. And then they said, never. Baby, I'm going to take you out this week. <laughs> that wasn't his conversation. Never have I seen a man speak like this man. So what do we do? We find ourselves looking for someone that can offer us nothing, and we fail to see Jesus. See, everybody wants. Fake relationship. That, that's just what I'm going to call right. it. Okay. Okay. Alternative facts. All right. Relationship. Yeah. Everybody looked like I did when I was 20. All right. This is what you're going to end up with. <laughs> I pump on. I did all that stuff. I was an athlete. Yeah. Now all I got is memory. Get nice, wholesome guys and girls in the church. I don't want them homely people. All right. All right. Tell it. I want the cool guy. Yeah. Man, he's only cool for a few years, and then he become lukewarm, and then he's hot. The women got a break because they can buy Max Factor. They buy hair. They do all the Hold on to it for a long time. Yeah. But guess what? Come on. Uh, Go look at that grandmother. Because right. that other mother, that's where they're headed to. Now, if you can deal with that, then you got them. Right. Amen. Yeah, just on. Amen. Your genes don't change. Wow. Every Frazier got a boss. Come on, man. Come on. 
That ain't the person that this woman said, come and see. You got to come and see Jesus who can tell you everything you ever done. In John 13 and 15, Troy, and then this lesson is yours. Brothers and sisters, if you focus on Jesus, he'll give you, he'll show you everything you need. In John 13 and 15, watch what it says. For I have given you. Yes, sir. An example. L listen. That you yes, should do. If, if, if you want a, a man, get the example that Jesus, let Jesus be the example. That you should do. And, 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 and then he will guide you in every area mm -hmm. of your life. He will look at you inwardly mm -hmm. first before he decide on your outward appearance. Because, you know, beauty, they say beauty is only skin deep. Yeah. Temptation. But, but you, you, yeah, that's it, temptation. Because that's what you see. Oh, baby, I just love you so much. I got to take you so you can meet my mother. And then when your mother, when you leave, your mother texts you, that ain't the one. Then, then you don't call home for the next six years. Then when you call home, you say, Mama, can I come back home? Why? I haven't heard from you in six years. Well, I want to bring my two grandkids back. Well, where's their mother? She left me. Why did she leave you? She said, I wasn't the one. And you know, mama, mama ain't going to ever. Boy, I tell you, she was. <laughs> Come see a man. You remember when he was at the, in the base of that ship in the wind and the rain started. He just come up and said, peace, be still. The apostle says, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the rain obey him? And so you say, well, Brother Fred, you said all of that stuff. Why am I going through what I'm going through? You, you, you got give me two more minutes. Give me two more minutes and then the lesson. You Have you ever thought about what you're going through ain't about you? All right. You remember the story of Joseph? They put him in a pit. And then they took him out of the pit and they took him to part of his house. Yeah. And part of his wife seduced him and they locked him up. And then after the pit and the prison, he ended up in the palace. Yeah. It, that, it wasn't about Joseph. 
It was about somebody else. See, Joseph rise to fame that when the famine hit, his family could eat. So some of the time, God putting you through some stuff ain't got nothing to do with you. But it's putting you through that so you can deal with something down the road. You think because all of the time you go through something, it ain't never about you. God is preparing you for what's next. If you can't deal with this, how you going to deal with what's above, what's ahead of the road? So, so don't ask God. Well, take God. Don't, don't let nothing happen to me. If nothing happened to you, you ain't going to be prepared for nothing. But if you allow God to carry you through some things, it ain't about you. It's about somebody else. You think Jesus came to die for Jesus? It was about somebody else. Amen. He came and died for you and I. I didn't even get to half of the lesson. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a member of the Lord's church. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Believe with all your heart that Christ died for you. He was buried, rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and we'll baptize you in water for the remission of your sin, and God will add you to his family that we all may be one. And then come and see this man, and he will teach you things that no man has ever thought about. Would you come right now as we together stand and sing?